This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 172 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. Today I'm talking to Andrea Garcia about his very unconventional route towards being a fantasy fiction author. First up, a personal update. Of course, this is my first solo episode since October, I think. So a huge thank you to Shane Miller who filled my shoes while I attempted to move house. We're kind of settled in now, although we still have a lot of boxes to unpack and some furniture stuff to sort out. Basically, my space has been reduced, even though everyone else has ended up with more space. So I need to swap out some furniture and get some clever storage solutions in, mostly for my ridiculously huge book collection. So besides all that, as if it wasn't enough, I'm mostly working on events at the moment. I have Burton Sci-Fi and Fantasy Con next month that I not only attend, but I actually organise it. So that's a whole heap of work. Then at the beginning of March, I'm off to LARPCon for the weekend where I'll be selling my worldbuilding books and also giving a talk on worldbuilding. And as if all that wasn't enough, I've just started on my next worldbuilding guide. The topic is absolutely top secret at the moment, so not even any sneaky hints being given out right now. No new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all of our current patrons who sponsor this show. We appreciate all of your support so much. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive access to our off-air banter, and the chance to join in with our monthly sessions of Sprints and Giggles, an evening where we do writing sprints, answer questions, and have a laugh. If you'd like to join in and also support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. Now on to our interview for today and Andrea is a writer and software developer. He's a hybrid author but favours self-publishing because owning your own platform is important and also because he secretly enjoys tinkering with EPUBs. He's published many non-fiction books focused on computer programming and has been featured in a couple of science fiction and horror short story anthologies. Originally from Brazil, Andrea now lives in London with his wife and cats. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Unstoppable Authors podcast. So first up, can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little about what you do? Well, thanks a lot for having me. My name is Andrea. I'm originally from Brazil, but I've been living in the UK for like five years. And I'm switching careers into trying to become a fiction author in, in genre, most science fiction and fantasy. But uh, I work as a technical writer doing technical stuff, like uh, <laughs> programming books and stuff. 
I love that technical stuff. That's that's sort of my level. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need it at. Yeah, because it's, it's you... just that. Uh... <laughs> because you are no stranger to the publishing world. Um, at, because as a nonfiction author, you do already have quite a few technical titles out there. Um, so tell us about those books and the publishing journey that you had with them? Yeah, I find that very interesting because uh, the the publishing journey for most people is very like a very different path, but my path was actually kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I got, I think I got lost in the woods and I stumbled up, upon publishing multiple times in my life. Somehow it was like this great attractor that kept dragging me into it. Yeah. So basically there are multiple times in my life where I'm involved with publishing. I spent almost 20 years working for a Hindu monastery in Hawaii, who's a major publisher of Hindu literature. Wow, that's so different. So there <laughs> I learned lots of the of the tips and tricks of digital publishing because we were doing like epubs and ebooks mm -hmm. and also beautiful paper books but i was not involved with those i was just involved with the digital part which means that i got the like a technical know-how about how to craft those books later i was uh, working as a software developer and involved with some non-profit foundations like mozilla who makes firefox it's a foundation. And I think that the turning point for me was that I was supposed to give uh, a workshop with other peers about how to do software stuff. And for the kind of thing that we were trying to teach, there was no book available. And I do have insomnia. And I had a weekend before the event, which means that I rushed to write a hundred pages technical book in one weekend. Wow. <laughs> and that's where it started for me. <laughs> I basically pulled a multiple all nights and uh, the last page of the book, there is a photo of my face <laughs> with my looking like a panda. <laughs> <laughs> and I just gave that book for free at the workshop so that people would have some material. And that's where it clicked like, hey, I, I can do this too. And I, I proceeded to, to write more books, all self-published at that point and all in a dire need of an editor because <laughs> like most of them are in English and English is not my main language. So later I was approached by an acquisition editor to write some technical books for uh, a, one of our, let's say like top five technical publishers. It's an imprint of uh, Springer. Mm -hmm. And so I produced a book with them. And that was when I first dipped my toe into traditional publishing from the other side, not from working yep. uh, pipeline <laughs> of book assembly, but as an author. And that's, that's where I've been, like involved with multiple stages of producing technical books. That's how I became like a writer. Yeah, that is, that is such a, an interesting journey. I'm probably not not the typical. <laughs> yeah, I love and it. And the crazy thing that that I didn't touch, sorry, uh, is that I I don't come from a technical background. 
I've graduated from a film school as a script writer. So I ended up doing all these technical books while what I wanted was to tell stories, <laughs> which is, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm taking a really convoluted path into fiction writing, you know? <laughs> but hey, you've, you've got there eventually. So that's what counts. So script writing, because actually, interestingly enough, my degree is drama and I actually started in script writing and writing scripts for stage. So <laughs> this is quite interesting. Um, so writing fiction and particularly like fancy and science fiction, are those genres that you've always been interested in or is that something that you've come to sort of later in life? No, it's something that uh, I grew up with. Mm. Uh, my parents had a, like by Brazilian standards, like a really large collection of books. And my father had a collection of golden age and silver age sci-fi books in Portuguese from Portugal, which is a bit different and uh, odd. Makes every single character sounds like my grandmother. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> and... Uh, and I grew up with those books, grew up reading. I, I was that kind of kid that was uh, my favorite thing to get as a gift was books. It still mm. is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and But the thing is that uh, in the city I grew up with, which is called Niteroi, and it's a situation like the U.S. where you have San Francisco and Oakland and a bay in the middle. It's like Rio de Janeiro on one side and my city on the other. Mm -hmm. It has about a million people. And it has four bookshops. Wow. It's really hard to get yeah. good books. I had to import books. I had to try to buy books. And once there was like digital books, then life became a lot easier. Mm. But I grew up with that. The problem is that you think that there are like four bookshops for a million people. And Rio de Janeiro, with I don't know, 12 million people, I have no idea how many people they have there. There were at the time like two literary agents. Mm. So like pursuing a writing career in Brazil, you're either born rich and you're doing that because you can, yep. or it's really, really hard. So that was never, never something that was uh, a possibility. It mm. just became a possibility when I moved to the UK. And I was like, and then I met all these amazing people from the Alliance of Independent Authors. And I met you and I saw like, hey, people can actually be, uh, authors in this in this country <laughs> and and that's when I flipped the switch from like software development for for publishing houses into attempting to become a writer ah, but yeah, I do I did grow up with fantasy and science fiction all mm. over me yeah <laughs> yes yeah, so straight yeah it's it's funnily enough uh, my love of science fiction comes from my dad's collection of classic sci-fi novels because <laughs> you you are very involved in the author community because we actually met each other at London Book Fair which honestly like that was not even on my radar when I was starting out at all and um, I never would have had the courage I mean uh, when I went to London Book Fair last year I was in so intimidated by that place <laughs> it was it was crazy so 
what sort of information and like tactics are you picking up from people in the author community? Well, the first thing is that I do have, I think, a social advantage coming from culture in South America where we grew up basically to crash other people's parties. <laughs> so I, I'm not afraid of going in any event. Like I, I don't see those events as those ivory towers full of fancy wizards that know what they are doing mm. and I'm crashing their party. Like I actually, I see it like that, but I'm okay in crashing that party <laughs> because they deserve it. <laughs> so most of my tactics have been that there are no such events like creative writing events in Brazil, very few. And, and coming here and getting to know about all the conventions and everything that's going on. I'm like, I want to be a part of this. And one on-ramp to get me started is going to as many events as I can. Mm. And considering that I'm living in London, there is no lack of events to go. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be the first to admit I was completely, completely wrong about London Book Fair. Because yeah. I was thinking about the Brazilian, the Rio Book Fair. And the Book Fair in Rio has a huge component of being the audience, the readers. It's not only for, for business meetings and stuff. They're like, as a reader, you can enjoy Rio Book Fair a lot. But as a reader, London Book Fair is boring. <laughs> there is nothing for you to do there. <laughs> so the best part of London Book Fair for me uh, was meeting people from Ally and, and, and talking it out. Because the fair itself, like if, we, if Ally was meeting just on a pub and I didn't went to the fair at all. Like I would be fine, but yeah, I'm trying to go to as many events as possible and talk to as many people as possible. Yeah, that's that's my strategy to to get like a fast start, because writing can be very lonely, and when you're an immigrant uh, away from friends, family, and a support base, trying to switch careers as well, uh, you either go out and try to meet people or you'll be like completely isolated in a bubble. And I work better if I'm inside the community. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, the community has opened up so much. I mean, when I, when I first started uh, writing, it was Google plus. Do you remember Google Plus? <laughs> I do. I and that do. was that was like where the writing community was. And yeah, it it took me a long time to find all the things that you already have. <laughs> and all the things that you're already doing, which is amazing. But um yeah, dare, dare I ask how is the novel going? What stage what stage are you at with it? And how prepared do you feel for the next stages? So, and that's the thing. As, as we mentioned here, I've been going to all the events and meeting people. And there is only a limited amount of time in a day, mm. which means that I've not been sitting on a chair and writing as much as I should be. <laughs> it's that I think, kind I of... think that's all of us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like ah, putting the, the cart up in front of the horses, mm -hmm. like the horses are looking, the cart disappearing the distance <laughs> right now. 
and they are looking confused, like, hey, that cart is fast. But what's going on with me is that coming from a film school, they taught us all about storytelling and how to be engaging and craft characters and everything. But what they didn't taught us is English prose. Mm. So right now, what I see as my main challenge are my prose skills in English, because I'm trying to, to write yep. in a language that's <laughs> not mine. And even though I do have a, a decent enough command of English to be able to communicate with people, I, I, my skills are not up to where I want them to be. Mm. So my novel right now has a beautiful outline. <laughs> and it has some four or five chapters in before I realized I didn't have the skills to do it. So I outlined a second novel that was simpler mm. because the first one was fantasy, multiple characters, multiple points of views. Like I'm like, I've, I was reading Brandon Sanderson too much, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to do something smaller, simpler. And that one is moving faster now because mm. it's easier to write. But still... I don't feel confident. So I'm trying to do practice, uh, practicing runs with short stories, flash fiction, and just to, to exercise. It, yeah. I, I'm on that point where I, I need more exercise before I'm confident that I can make that novel the best novel I can make. Yeah, I'm not a perfectionist. It's not like imposter syndrome where mm. I want to write like, I don't know, Pat Rothfuss or Ursula Le Guin. Or, no, like... I'm okay with just normal writing. It's just that right now I do have some ticks. I can notice some patterns that I use too much. Like Portuguese tends to favor passive voice a lot. Mm. And sometimes I do this kind of direct word by word translations of Portuguese into English. So, but in terms of where the novel is, now it's, it's moving faster the last few months than it moved the whole prior year. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do hope to to have it out maybe by the middle of the year. Mm. Yeah. But it will be a novella. I, I, I'm reduced, like I'm making, I'm trying to see what's the shortest thing I can get away with. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, and it, that's such a good way to start writing because that's how I started writing. I started in short stories and then I did novellas. And now I do novels and um, yeah, I'll, I'll never write a huge epic like Brandon Sanderson or Pat Roth, Rothfuss. <laughs> it's just, it's not on me, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that reading like Pat, it's, it's like, a, I feel like, you know, when Gollum's making two voices, mm. it's a similar experience because Patrick Rothfuss can write. Mm. Oh my God, it's a beautiful book. I do have multiple copies of that book here <laughs> because it's so beautiful and I got an illustrated one and whatever. Nice. And I'm like, I read that and I'm like, oh, I, I, I need to write. This is beautiful, I want to, to write. And at the same time, I'm like, this is Olympic level writing. I cannot, <laughs> I will never be able to reach that level. <laughs> yeah, so... You've talked about um, the storytelling skills that you learned through film writing that 
you have translated over into writing novels and fiction. But what about the nonfiction? Is is there anything that you learnt writing these technical books that you can actually bring over to writing fiction? I think that the most of the skills that I learned on that aspect of my life that are transferable are not related to the writing a book mm. part. It's what happens after you have the book. Because uh, I know how to create digital books. I know how to create websites. I know how to sell stuff online. So all that pipeline that sometimes is uh, uh, very challenging to other writers, that I know. But you can't sell a book that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> right now... <laughs> So right now I'm I'm kind of stuck, like as, mm. as if I'm seeing uh, a, a staircase that's missing the first steps. Yeah. So, but one thing that's transferable, it's actually, it started on the film school. Like they taught us how to do outlines and mm. I, I adapted that outlining technique I had from the film school to write technical books. Because technical books can also benefit from something like the hero journey. Mm. where the hero is the reader and you're taking them on a journey and by the end they too will be transformed and back on their original place but with new skills and a new appreciation of whatever technical trade you are trying to teach them mm. so all that aspect of hero journey like I think that my my film school and story tech and storytelling techniques benefited my technical writing more then my technical writing will benefit my creative mm. writing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think all authors have certain parts of the process that they feel less confident in or they feel that they need to level up in. And for a lot of authors, it is going to be the actual publishing steps and definitely the marketing steps <laughs> like that terrifies most authors but you've already got such a leg up in that stuff so yeah it's interesting that like where you feel less confident is the the beginning stuff is the writing I mean <laughs> at the end of the day yeah I could not write in a different language at all so um it's yeah I, I'm always amazed by people who write in a language that isn't their first language anyway. But yeah, once you get to publication, you've got such a step up already because all that stuff is where you're confident. Yes, and, and also uh, right now at this very moment in my life, my Portuguese is also broken because I've been in this country for five years now and, and I'm speaking mostly English. And when I speak Portuguese, it's often with people from Portugal and we do some constructs a bit different, the vocabulary different. And also Portuguese had a spelling reform after I went to school. Right. Which means that I'm, <laughs> I'm writing in, <laughs> I'm writing kind of old Portuguese now <laughs> with stuff that doesn't exist anymore. So my Portuguese wow. is horrible. <laughs> But, but one thing that benefits my English is that uh, I come from like Brazilian middle class. And at the time in 
late 80s, early 90s, it was very common for Brazilian middle class to enroll the, their kids into private English uh, classes from a young age. Mm. So I think that by the age, I think maybe 15 or so, I had a good enough knowledge uh, to be able to read, read English fantasy in, in their original form. Mm. So from that age, from my late teens and young adult onwards, I only read fantasy in English, mm. which means I don't think I can write fantasy in Portuguese. So what advice would you give to other authors who are sort of in exactly the same stage as you who are working on writing their debut novel? Yeah, the good thing about giving advice is that you don't need to follow it, right? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so what I would say to people, which is also what I should be doing, is that there is a kind of paradox or a, a gap between your skill level and what you appreciate. And sometimes that makes you feel like you're not doing it well or that you're bad at it. Mm. And that's not the case. And you should not wait up until you're like up to your appreciation level to be able to, to publish and put your work out. The more you put work out and get feedback and, re and iterate over it, the better you will be. So I think that this fear of showing things to other people, this needs to go, especially when you're in the beginning of your career. I'm not saying that you should just publish a crap novel. <laughs> but if you can write and you can put, you can create a blog and put your writing online and get people to, to give you feedback, go write fan fiction. Fan fiction is this mm. fast moving laboratory and, and you already have a captive base there. You can hone your skills. And if you are into some fandom, you can have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically write more and show it to people, which is the exact opposite of what I've been doing. But <laughs> I know that that's the correct path. <laughs> I just need to follow my own advice. Yeah, I think we all struggle with that. So what is the future for you is this going to be a complete switch from non-fiction to fiction or are you going to be moving forward still doing both so i'm i i i love that you asked me this question this month and not two months ago <laughs> because the the answer changed uh some months ago i was working as a software developer and i just made the switch to become a technical writer. So it's like baby steps. Mm. My end game is just to work with creative writing. But right now, technical writing is what pays the bills. Yeah. And what I, my next steps, uh, well, there is an aspect that we, we haven't mentioned yet, which is I'm really involved with role-playing games. Mm. And I see role-playing games as this intersection between technical books and fiction. Because it has the trappings of a technical book, but the content is fictional. Mm. So I've been, I've been trying to produce more of those. And what I would, where I would like to be by, I don't know, how the middle of the year or maybe the end of the year, is I would like to have switched into genre publishing and game design, like game publishing. 
I don't know if that's possible because if we know that genre self-published authors don't have that very high level of income, role-playing game publishers have even less income. Uh, but it's what I want to do. And we only like if this pandemic served for one thing was for us to rethink where we were. Mm. And I noticed like, hey, the world is going crazy and I'm not yet a, the author I want to be. I might as well do something about it. Yeah, I love so that. So my next steps is more, more role playing games and get some genre fiction out. And I'm terribly excited about serialization as well. Mm hmm. Like that kind of, not only Kindle Valley stuff, but also all those like Wattpad, Royal Road. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good way for me to, to train. So I'm looking forward to having some of those series out as well. Brilliant. So finally, can you let all of our listeners know where they can find all of your stuff online? Well, I do have a website because it's, it's not pretty, but it's mine and I made it. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, Andre, which is my name, andregarzia.com, G-A-R-Z-I-A. And there is a blog there. There are my technical books. You will notice that they really need an editor. I couldn't afford one. I was living in Brazil, writing in English. <laughs> Very expensive to hire an editor uh, from when you're getting Brazilian reels as, instead of pounds. Uh, so my site is where people can find me. I'm really active on Mastodon. I have multiple accounts on Mastodon for different things, like for creative writing, for role-playing games. So basically those two, two areas. I, I'm still on Twitter as well, but that's where people can find me. I'm also on Instagram, but all my links are available on my website. And we will drop links into our show notes on our website as well. Now, we ask all of our guests a would-you-rather question. So here is yours. So would you rather have... 24 hours unrestricted access to all of the archives of the British Library, or would you rather have a 10-minute trolley dash in a bookshop? 10-minute trolley dash in the bookshop. Yeah? <laughs> I'm quite surprised. I thought you might go the other way, because you actually go and write in the British Library, don't you? I do, I do. But see, I, I always think, like, if I need, like, if the British Library has multiple levels and there's like a forbidden level of the archives, we can always plot a heist. I really hope that they have like a section of forbidden books. <laughs> well, really you know do. what? Like I've been going there for almost five years now on a weekly basis. And two days ago, I was there for a creative writing meetup. And I found a room that I've never seen before. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm like, was was there ever a room here? Does this place like the, the rooms move? So, and that's on the public levels. Who knows what's underground? Absolutely. For, so, for your ten minute trolley dash in the bookshop, what would what would you be grabbing? What would you fill your trolley with? Well, I'm considering that my trolley is really large. Oh yeah, it can so be. Would... It's ultimate size. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that the first priority would actually be fantasy mm. i would just topple some shelves into it and yeah. <laughs> i also I'm, I'm really 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 in love with history books not recent history history the the more ancient mm -hmm. it is the more i'm into it 
So I would also go there and topple some some shelves there, especially uh, South American, Latin American uh, stuff, and also Bronze Age stuff. It's um, yeah, that that would be my trolley dash probably. <laughs> but you got to find somewhere to put all those books as well now. Well, that's a problem for Andrea of the future. Andrea of the <laughs> of the trolley run is having fun. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been a really interesting chat. Having me and I'm looking forward to learning a lot more from all of you. And also the Burton Con is up next month, right? Yes, it is. There's yeah, so just a plug con. here for the audience. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Burton SFF Con is amazing. And uh, I hope to go as well. Thanks a lot for having me. Remember that if you want to join us for sprints and giggles and get all of the other benefits, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for unstoppable authors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors Podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our guild of unstoppable authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.